Welcome to the Skyline SIB podcast. We're so grateful that you're taking time to tune in from your busy schedule. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you wherever you are listening from. Now, here is an inspiring message by Pastor Joshua Xiao. Welcome everybody to our online celebration service today. It is so good to have you with us. And you know what? If you are celebrating the Chinese New Lunar New Year, then we want to wish you a happy Chinese New Year as well. Today, I am blessed and I'm excited to be able to share the Word of God with us as we continue our series called The One Thing. Now, speaking of one things, I was wondering, you know, which of the five senses that we have would be the hardest to live without? Sight, smell, taste, touch, or hearing? You know, which one of these senses would be the hardest to live without? Why don't you just take a moment right now and uh, tell the person next to you which you think it, it is? Or perhaps just type that into the chat even as we go along. For me personally, I think that it is probably sight. And that reminds me of a story of two men, you know, who were in a mental institute. And it came time for their annual review. What they had to do each was to answer two questions. And if they got the answer correct, they would be declared, you know, healthy, fit, recovered, and free to go anytime. Well, the first man entered the doctor's office and the doctor asked him, you know, if I poked out one of your eye, what would happen? And this man said, well, I'd be half blind. And the doctor continued to ask, okay, what if I poked out two of your eyes, what would happen? He said, well, I'd be completely blind. The doctor said, wonderful, you are fully recovered and you're free to go anytime you like. The second man entered the doctor's office and the doctor asked him this question, if I cut off one of your ears, what would happen? And the man said, I would be half blind. Well, puzzled, but the doctor continued to ask, you know, what if I cut off both of your ears, what would happen? The man said, well, I'd be completely blind. The doctor, you know, puzzled. He said, how can you explain your answer? And the man replied, well, if you cut off both of my ears, my hat would fall over my eyes. Today, I have called the topic of this sermon, From Darkness to Light. And today's one thing comes from an incident in John 9 about a man who received his eyesight, a blind man who was miraculously healed. And in response to the Pharisees asking him about how he was healed, he said this. He said, This one thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. How did this healing take place? Let's read John 9 together and find out. Let me just read this to you. It says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. 
I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am in the light of the world. When he said these things, he spat on the ground, made clay with saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the man with clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. And so he went and washed and came back seeing. What a bizarre and miraculous healing. But you know what? The story doesn't end there. The passage tells us the reaction of those that knew him. It tells us of the neighbors and the people who recognized him. And, and they were utterly confused. They said, is, this is the man that was begging, right? But he's, he's not blind anymore. And some of them says, he only looks like him. This is not the person. And so they could not sort it out. They brought him to the Pharisees to verify the miracle that happened to this man. And the Pharisees, they, they did didn't even believe that a miracle had occurred, that this man was actually blind in the first place. And, and, and they took him to his parents to verify. And this is what it says in the passage. They asked them saying, let me read to you. Is this your son who you say was blind? How then does he now see? And his parents answered them and said, we know that this is our son. And that he was born blind, but by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him. What a strange response to this man's healing. No one was willing to verify that the miracle actually had taken place. And to top it off, as the man was interacting with the Pharisees and they quizzed him and, and you know, they, they got offended with his response, they cast this man out of the temple. But as the story comes to a close, Jesus seeks out this man one more time. And he asks him this. Let me read to you. It says, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking to you. Then he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. What is the one thing in the context of this passage, it is this, that Jesus is the light. That is the one thing. Jesus is the light. And you know what? This blind man that we read in this story, he was blind in more ways than just one. In three ways, in fact. Firstly, he was blind spiritually. This was a man who was born blind, he was handicapped. And what that meant, you know, in that community was that he was barred from the temple. He, he, couldn't, he was an outcast. He was, the furthest he could go was actually the gates of the temple. He would never be able to enter the presence of God and worship together with the community of God. He was an outcast socially you know, and as well as in the community of worship. He was shunned. He was looked down upon. But more than that, you know, he could not see the light or truth of God. And at that time, at the beginning of this story, he had not seen Jesus revealed as who he truly was as the Son of God. He was spiritually blind. The second thing, of course, is what that he was blind physically. This man was born 
blind from his birth. And that meant that, you know, he was born in darkness, literally. He was, his whole life was just darkness. He had never seen, you know, the colors of the rainbow, the turning of the seasons, or the vibrant colors of, of flowers in the fields. He had never seen the faces of the people that he possibly cared about or loved. He was blind physically from birth. And the third thing is that he was blind in hopelessness, condemned to a life of a beggar and shunned by society. He had no prospects, no purpose, no future. Just a life of begging. Jesus brought light and freedom into all of these areas for this man. And he wants to do the same for us. In this season, you see, many of us are like this blind man. And Jesus wants to bring that same light and that same freedom into our life. This passage applies to us today. And so in what ways does Jesus bring light into our lives? I want to give you three things today. And the first is this, that Jesus sets us free from condemnation. He sets us free from condemnation. You see, it was common Jewish belief in those days that disease, sickness, and suffering, you know, all of these things were a consequence, a direct consequence of sinful actions. And that's why we see at the beginning of this passage, you know, the disciples were asking Jesus, who sinned? The man or his parents, because this was a man that was born blind. So Jesus, was it, was, it, was it something that these parents actually did? You know, and because of that, you know, their sin uh, not only punished them, but, you know, it, it, it passed on to their son as well. He was bearing the consequence of his parents' sin. Or Jesus, was it the man himself that sinned somehow in the mother's womb? That's right. As incredible as, as it sounds, you know, the rabbinical teaching of that day, uh, you know, they taught this doctrine that even in the mother's womb, a baby could sin. Now, I don't know how that, that is even possible. I mean, you think about it as a little bit humorous, whether, you know, the baby kicked too hard in the stomach and the mother cried out in pain or what, and that was attributed to it for sin. We, you know, we, we don't know. But, but can you just imagine the kind of condemnation that this man had to live under from the day he was born. From the moment that he could understand what people were saying, they would have been telling him that, you know, this condition is a result of sin. You were born steeped into sin. And therefore, you know, this is the punishment that is deserving of it. And he would have been wondering the rest of his life, you know, up until that point, what was the sin that I committed that was so horrible, that was so tragic, that deserved this kind of punishment? You know what? Many of us also today live under condemnation, especially, you know, young people of today. Condemnation can cause, you know, anxiety, depression, fear, and, and all sorts of things. In a study carried out among female students, they found that 
80% of female students claimed that they had a negative body image, triggered by remarks, comments of their friends or even their family. 80% of female students. And studies have already shown that self-esteem is linked with issues such as violent behavior, you know, school dropouts, low academic achievement, and even suicide. The World Health Organization, you know, reports that annually, the deaths that are caused by suicide is more than homicide or even war. Living under condemnation. You see, this, 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 this is what it is. Sin separates us from God, but it is condemnation from guilt, from shame, from the things that we've done, from the way we see ourselves. All this is what binds us. This blind man was in bondage. And yet, see what Jesus says to his disciples this uh, question. He says, neither, neither this man or his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Today, I want to tell you that God wants to see his works fulfilled in your life, revealed in your life, so that you can reach your full destiny in him. You see, when Jesus freed this man from condemnation, something happened inside of him. There was an inner transformation that took place. You read the passage. You know, you can already imagine as he was begging there, uh, you know, at the gates of the temple, you know, his, his, his body slouched over, his body posture, you know, already indicative of the shame and the guilt that he felt. And yet, you know, when he encounters the neighbors and they were saying, you know, this, this, this person is not him. He just looks like him or, or this, this was the man. He says, I am, I am the blind man that you recognize. It is me. It is not some other lookalike. It is me. There's confidence in who he is now. There's, there's confidence in his identity. There is a boldness that comes. When he stands before the Pharisees, you know, the religious leaders of the day, the, the, the keepers of the law, you know, as they, they pressured him and badgered him, you know, trying to, to get him to trip up, you know, people of authority, he stands and responds. He stands his ground and holds on to his testimony and he refutes them. He replies with wisdom uh, to, their, to their questions. And you know what? You know, th this boldness even surpasses that of his parents who were in fear of the Pharisees. Something was released in this man, an inner transformation that was a result of Jesus' light and being set free from condemnation. You see, that's what happens when Jesus comes and sets us free from condemnation. We no longer live in fear. We no longer live in fear of spirits or demons or, you know, even, even bad luck or any of the sort. We live in boldness because of what Jesus has done. You know, um, my, my, my wife, she told me, you know, before she, she became a, a Christian, at Chinese New Year, she used to have this tradition 
and uh, they, they would shower with with water, um, with with pomelo leaves inside that that water. And and why they did this was was really for for uh, tradition. Why to to ward off and to wash away all the bad luck that you may have accumulated and go into the new year, you know, clean uh, of of all that. Well, I tell you what, guys, today, you know, as a follower of Jesus and as a child of God, she is cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. She is covered by grace. She has every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. And all God's promises for her are yes and amen. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give God praise because if you are a child of God, that same promise is true for you. We are set free by the Son. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. He sets us free from condemnation. Um, not too long ago, uh, a member of, of Skyline, you know, sister in Christ, her name is Xiaoyong, she recently shared in her face story that while she was in college, um, she, she had uh, experience of, of depression. And, and this was because, you know, of, of the move, of the steep learning curve, of the change in environment, and it was difficult to cope. And so, and so she, she shares that uh, gradually she lost interest in all the things that she used to love. And, and she even, uh, it, it got worse. She, she had thoughts of suicide and she had to seek professional help. They put her on, on antidepressants and it was a full two years before she was completely free of medication. And even then, uh, you know, you can read her, her full story uh, on our website in, in the face story section. Uh, but let me read a portion of her, her testimony for you. She says that she lived normally after that, after all the medication, as though nothing had ever happened. I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want to be seen as a weak person. It was like a zipper bag. I zipped up the problem and I never really wanted to hand it over to God. They were still holding her back. She goes on to say, My healing moment came when I met up with my high school friends and we caught up with each other and sharing our own college moments because we graduated from all three different places. And to my surprise, I found that all three of us went through some level of depression during that time. And that was the first time sharing about what God had done in my life. I was shivering as I shared. I wanted to cry, but deep down in my heart, even as I shared, I knew I am healed. And finally, in my heart, I told God, Lord, I give you my zipper bag. I'm ready to move on. Thank you, Lord, for saving my life. Isn't that amazing? Come on, wherever you are, I want you to give God a big praise uh, because He is worthy. He is so good. Jesus' light, He comes to set us free from condemnation. You know, Romans 8, it says this, that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Today, you too can be set free from condemnation as you look to Jesus and you receive His light into your life. He sets us free from condemnation. That's the first thing. The second thing is this, God's light. He sets us free from blindness. 
There are three things we, we need to know about this healing that the man experienced. Firstly, it was done in God's time. The first uh, couple of verses of John 9, it, it, it tells us that Jesus passed by and he saw this man. And then his disciples asked him the question. You see, Jesus saw this man before any of the other disciples. He, he saw this man and he must have focused in on this man so that the disciples noticed. He went with intention to this man at this time and went to him. But you know what? We don't know how long this man had been in this condition. It was likely a long time. You know, he had been suffering like this and living a hard life. Because, you know, as, as a blind man, the only way to survive in those times was to beg. And yet we ask ourselves, you know, why this particular day? Why this hour? Why is it that only now Jesus came to this man? The answer is we don't know. And in the same way, sometimes we don't know when God will act. But this passage teaches us, encourages us to trust in His timing. Because no matter how long it is that you've been in that hardship and in that situation, in an instant, God can change things around for you in His time. The second thing about it is that this healing was done God's way. It was done God's way. We already saw how, how bizarre the whole thing was. Jesus took a dirt, he spat on it, he made mud and he put it on this, this man's eyes. Have you ever asked, you know, why spit? Why use your own saliva? I mean, maybe there wasn't water bottles or water sources of that day and he just, you know, used whatever he had. But, but you know, spit is as disgusting as it sounds. And even in Jewish culture, you know, to use spit was insulting. It was offensive and derogatory. It was lowly. And yet, in this insulting act, Jesus turned it around as an instrument of healing. Why would he do that? We don't know. But it's sometimes like that, you know, when God asks us to trust Him in things and asks us to do things that confound us, that, that confuses us, sometimes even offends us. But that is the journey of faith that He calls us to go on. The healing was done in God's time, with God's way, and the healing was God's test. This is the third thing. Jesus told the man to wash in the pool of Siloam. This, this much we know, but, but notice what he does not say. You see, Jesus never guaranteed any healing. This healing was uninitiated by the man. He did not request this of Jesus. It was completely random. Jesus was the one that came to him. And Jesus never asked, you know, what is it that you want? He just did it. He put the mud on this man's eyes and he told him to wash in the pool. So nothing, he mentioned nothing of the healing. But the second thing is this. You know, archaeologists place the pool of Siloam um, about 1.3 kilometers to 1.5 kilometers away from, from the gates of the temple. And, and so can you imagine the difficulty it is for a blind man to travel that distance 
alone. I mean, I'm not sure whether he, he fumbled across the, the walls, whatever he could find, or he, he cried out for, for help along the way, or, you know, he, he, he crawled in that general direction. I don't know how good a sense of direction was, but he had a distance to travel downhill. But not only that, we are told in the previous chapters that this was the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. Jesus was at the feast. And so this meant that there were crowds of people that were coming to the temple. And so even as this man was making his way to the pool of Siloam, you know what, he had to go against the crowds that were incoming, going towards the temple. Can you see now the difficulty and the challenge that, that stood in the way of this man doing that seemingly simple act of washing in the pool of Siloam? This man went through all the obstacles that were placed in front of him in obedience to what Jesus said. That is faith. That is faith. And so he went, he washed, and he was healed. A miracle took place that day. You know, I'd like to share with you another uh, faith story from uh, this time our sister in Christ, Juliana, um, and her daughter, uh, Evie. And so uh, let's, uh, we're going to play a video for you uh, right now. Why don't you just put your hands together and welcome Juliana and Evie. Take four. Hi, my name is Juliana and this is my daughter Ivana and she's seven years old. In June, Evie's skin suddenly started to peel all over her body. Cracks appeared on her feet and hands, cracks so deep that they bled. When I held her hand, it was as if I was holding an old person's hand. I took her to see a skin specialist where it was diagnosed as psoriasis. Because of this condition, there were many things she was unable to do play the piano, do sports, and do outdoor activities. Showering was painful for her, which meant she would not be able to enjoy swimming. The doctor gave her many creams to be applied all over her body twice a day. First layer is to lock the moisture onto her skin. Second layer are three different types, steroids with three different strengths for different parts of her body. And third layer is the moisturizer. We were told that there is no cure for this condition. Therefore, this routine will stay forever. It was very taxing for both of us. Every application would take at least 10 minutes after which she would need to put on gloves and socks, which she had to keep on all time for 24 hours. When Pastor Philip announced that the upcoming Rema Fest was quite anointed to heal, I got very excited. By then, I was also very desperate for spiritual intervention for Evie. Despite being a working mother with no maid to help at home, I made the effort to attend this Rema Fest. I like what Reverend Chet said that healing is easy. When we lay hands, don't lay empty hands. Pray that the life of God will flow through our hands, he said. 
I took this picture during lunchtime after session 7 of RemaFest. As you can see, cracks were appearing. When the steroid creams are applied, the cracks were clear within 4 days. Well, after praying for her, I made the bold decision to put aside all her creams. I didn't look at them again. Two days after RemaFest, I checked her feet. To my amazement, the cracks had closed up. Mind you, no steroids, no creams have been applied since RemaFest. Her hands look plump and rosy and they are starting to look like normal. And here she is today, total healing from cirrhosis. Praise the Lord and thanks for listening. Wow. Come on, let's give the Lord a huge hand for that amazing testimony, for that amazing faith story of healing. See, God's time, God's way, God's test. Juliana heard the voice of God, you know, in that moment from, from the minister of God, and she acted in faith upon it. There was that timing, you know, in that moment where it was obedience required. And even though, you know, the doctors had said before this was incurable and, and that, you know, all these creams are needed, God said, this is the way. Put aside the, the, the medications and, and just begin to lay hands because there is life in those hands. There is Christ's life flowing through that. And so with the faith that she had in her heart, both she and her daughter received that healing in God's test. She went all the way with it and they received a miracle. That is so amazing. See, so this is what Jesus wants to do for each and every one of us. He not only wants to set us free from condemnation, He wants to set us free from sickness, from suffering and disease as well. Just like the blind man, just like He did for Juliana and Ivana as well. He wants to do for you. You can experience His miracle working power in your life. Jesus is that light. And third and finally, Jesus sets us free from hopelessness. When we start off this story, this man who was blind, his future was completely dark. It was a hopeless future. His life was full of suffering. It was a hard life, living from hand to mouth at the mercy of the people around him. You know, he was an outcast from society, shunned by other people who saw him as worthless. There was nothing in his future. But when Jesus came and brought his light into his world, there was a bright future now that came into his life. Jesus gave him a new hope. He gave him, you know, a new purpose. He gave him a new life, 180 degrees. He saw now his whole life with a new perspective. You know, in some ways, nothing has changed. His, his neighbors still shunned him. You know, the people around him still saw him possibly as worthless. You know, his family could abandon him to the, to the, to the Pharisees. The religious leaders could cast him out of the temple. And yet, they could not take away the hope that he received through Jesus that day. He had hope, an everlasting hope, found in that one person, Jesus, his light.
that day, he decided in his heart to follow Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus. How do we know this? You know, in the exchange in, uh, between the Pharisees and this blind man, the second time, you know, they, they, they were, were trying once again, you know, to corner him, to pressure him, to deny Jesus, to discredit Jesus, and, and to, you know, uh, unverify that a miracle had ever taken place. And, and, you know, they asked him one more time, you know, how did you gain your sight? And he replied to them in verse 27, I told you already. And you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? He was a disciple. That means he was already a disciple. He was a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And the amazing thing about it is this. He had not even at that point seen Jesus face to face. He had heard about Jesus possibly before that day. He definitely heard Jesus' voice earlier that day. But he had never yet seen Jesus with his own two eyes face to face. But he believed. He believed in Jesus. Jesus was his new hope. And he said, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 20 verses 29, blessed are those who did not see and yet believed. You know what? Out of every single other character that was, that, that was in, in the passage relating to this man that day, the neighbors, you know, the people recognized him, the family and the Pharisees, their hearts were closed they would, not, they would not receive Jesus. They would not see the sign of the miracle. But this man, this blind man who received his sight that day, saw Jesus for who he really was. Before he saw him physically, he committed his life to him. He was blessed. See, Jesus is the one that brought light into his life. And set him free from condemnation, from sickness, and from hopelessness. You know what, brothers and sisters, today, you may not see a future for yourself. You may be facing, you know what, huge challenges in your finance, in your health, in your business, in your relationship, or in your family. You may be in a place where you see no way out, having tried everything, but yet you have your back against the wall. Look to Jesus today. Look to Jesus and let His light shine through because He wants to set you free from hopelessness and fill you with His light, with His love, with new purpose, with new direction, with new joy. Jesus is the light. Right now, even as we close, I, I want to give a special invitation for anyone who wants to put their trust in this man named Jesus Christ. Jesus said that He is the light of the world. He has come to set us free. Set us free from 
from bondage and hopelessness and condemnation. And today, He wants to do that for you. Today, He wants to do that for you. And so He is knocking on the door of your heart. Today, if you want to come to Jesus, just like this blind man, He wants to to set you free so that you can fulfill your destiny in Him. If you want to give your life and your heart to Jesus and you've never done so before today, I want to give you this opportunity in this moment right now as God is speaking to you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer to do just that. The words are are going to be on the screen and I'm going to lead you in this prayer. I want you to follow after me and say this prayer aloud. Are you ready now? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, bring your light into my life and set me free from condemnation. I believe that you died for me on the cross for my sin and rose again. I receive your love, forgiveness and hope. I give my life to you today and decide to follow you only In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, something wonderful has happened in your life today. You have made the most wonderful decision in your life. And I want to to, to just uh, tell you something in a few moments. But right now, even in this sacred moment, I just sense that that the Holy Spirit is, is just present in every room, across every every place that that you may be watching this from right now right now I, I just want to pray for healing for those of us who need it we're going to just spend a few moments right now as we invite the holy spirit to move among us in every corner of every room in every heart right now i just invite you to close your eyes wherever you are and just take your, your right hand and just, just place it, you know, or, or, or your left hand, it doesn't matter. Place it on the place that you require healing in your body. I just felt even as I was preparing for this sermon, I, I believe, you know, God wants to minister and bring healing to His people today. Today, you may be suffering from uh, uh, what the doctors call an incurable disease or a death sentence, or, or, or you know, you've been given months to live. Or you may be suffering from, from aches, whether it's neck aches or your knees are swollen. Or today you, you, you come to Jesus really wanting new life. You're a couple that have been trying and, 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 and you, you're just crying out to God, God, Lord, give us a baby. Right now, I just pray, Holy Spirit, you begin your work of healing. Right now, as, as you, you move across every location, oh God, for every body that, that, that is in need of healing, you would just restore right now. You restore physically. Lord, aches and pains be gone in Jesus' name. Migraines right now be gone in Jesus' name. Swollenness of joints, arthritis. Lord, we speak healing right now. Your life into those bones and those joints. Right now, God, we pray for your healing power just to to, to enter into lives right now. Just touch 
every heart. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your holy name. And right now, I just pray, even in this moment, that you will bring hope to the hopeless. For those of us who, who are worried about our future, our business, or we're worried about health, our, our children, right now, Lord, I just pray, Father, that you will give a fresh hope, winds of God. Spirit, I pray that you will come into every room right now and just begin to give a tangible sense of your presence and your love and your assurance. Oh God, right now, I pray for a wellspring of life and of hope to just flow in Jesus' name. That worriness will be gone. Lord, that you are filled with a peace that surpasses all understanding. A new joy, a new purpose, guidance, a light in the darkness. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the light. Praise you. We thank you. We glorify your name. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Thanks for listening. This is the Skyline SIB podcast. And stay tuned for the next episode. Visit our website at www.skylinesib.com and say hello. Drop us a prayer request or leave us a question. Want to know what's up and coming with our church? Follow us on Instagram. Facebook and YouTube. It's Skyline SIB. Let's connect. God bless and have a great week.